Well, a real bonus for league fans this weekend. It's round six of the NRL. It gets underway tonight with the Melbourne Storm hosting the Sydney City Roosters. And that's a matchup which will feature a few Kiwi lads, including Will Warbrook, uh, Joey Manu, and the forever cheeky Brandon Smith. Uh, but of course, uh, it goes through until Monday night uh, this long weekend, where the uh, hapless West Tigers will be hosting the Eels. But for the one New Zealand Warriors, uh, they've got us uh, singing the praises of new coach Andrew Webster. It's early days still, but the bandwagon might just need a bigger cart. And joining me now is arguably Sean Johnson's greatest fan in the media on the other side of the ditch. And that is uh, Nick Campton, of course. Uh, Nick, um, it's great to see you uh, following Sean Johnson in a season in which I think he's uh, starting to really make a statement. Is that fair? Oh, Smithy, that's the that's the best introduction I think I've ever got because I am driving the Sean the Sean Johnson bandwagon over here, and I think you're right. I think he is really making a a statement this season. You know, I think he's a player that's always been um, a little bit unfairly maligned. I think there's always been so much pressure on him because he sort of has been the face of the game in New Zealand pretty much ever since he came into first grade in back in 2011. But to see the way he's playing right now, to see him playing with a a smile on his face and a, I feel like a real command of his own skills. He just looks so sure of himself out there and so sure of what the team needs him to do in any given moment, you know. So it's really great to see him kind of uh, go to the next level with his with his playmaking. I kind of liken it a little bit to the way Benji Marshall played in the last few years of, of his NRL career or the way Quade Cooper's been doing ever since he came back into the world he set up a couple of years ago, you know. The, the, these guys just are... They have so much experience and they have so much of an understanding of how the game's supposed to be played. And it's great to see Sean get to that level. Yeah, you know, Nick, one of the things people are talking about over here is his level of defence has been remarkable this year. And probably, you know, you expect the playmaking side of it. um, And it's been a a bit flat from time to time. But the defence has been a talking point. Yeah, I I think that's actually been the greatest hallmark of Andrew Webster's brief time in charge with the club is how strong they've been defensively. Like, I, I know things got to be crazy on the weekend with Cronulla in that 32-30 shootout, but before that, the Warriors were third in the league in terms of uh, points conceded per game, you know? And I always think at the, at the start of the season, it's so important to get your defence right because your attack can always improve. That can always get better as the team spends more time together and as, as combinations grow a little bit. But defence is about attitude and intensity, and those are things that you either have or you don't. And, through five weeks of the competition, it looks like the Warriors really do have it. I think it's been an extremely impressive defensive start to the season for Webster's side. Nick, what's your impression of the hip drop tackles? Because um, after last week's game between the Sharks and the Warriors, two players got a combination of five-week ban. What's your feeling on those? I think uh, in, in the last maybe 12 months or the last couple of seasons or so, let's say, the NRL's worked really hard to legislate the hip drop tackle out of the game. But I think we're still at the point now where uh, old instincts are dying a little bit hard and people are just getting themselves into, into bad positions. And I think the only way to sort of change that, the only way to sort of change the way people are thinking, the way people are tackling and sort of change those natural techniques that they've learned over the years is to sort of come down pretty heavily when it does happen. You know, I didn't think there was much malice in the in the Dale for Nukem tackle on Charles Nickel Klukstad on the weekend, but you just can't have those sorts of tackles in the game because they can be so very damaging, you know? So I think the only way to do it is to come down on hip drop tackles and come down on them pretty hard. Right, okay, fair enough. Um, I think Vossi echoed those thoughts as well. Uh, interesting for the Knights, uh, Jack Johns, son of Matty Johns, has been named to start at 13 um, for the hosts uh, this weekend. 
Um, so, uh, a couple of uh, John's boys here, and uh, not just Jack, but Cooper as well. Are they good enough to live up to the uh, the tag of sons of? Well, I think it's always it's always a difficult thing to sort of carry your father's your father's legacy into 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 the sport where it, that made him so famous. But I must say, I've been really impressed by Jack Johns' footy this year. Um, I think he's starting at lock this week. I think he was more of a halfback or a five eight coming through the juniors, um, and then he just sort of hit a bit of a growth spurt, so they moved him into the middle. But he still retained that really nice touch on the ball and that. And that really good skill as well. You know, I thought he made a great impact for the Knights last week in their draw against Manly. I thought his passing in the middle third of the field was was really, really impressive. And I think uh, Cooper Johns has sort of settled into a really nice niche for him in his career, which is I think he's always going to be good enough to be in and around NRL squads. And, you know, I think he's a very capable uh, first drop if somebody goes down in the halves. But I think he understands that that's sort of his role in... Um, in the first grade scene. He might not be an every week starter, but he's someone that you'll always be really happy to, to have in the squad, you know? And I think both of them have sort of inherited Matty's, uh, Matty's sense of humour a little bit. I think they're both people persons and they're both very popular. So I think they'll be around for a long time yet, the Johns boys. Yeah, I think they will as well. And uh, that's great for the game. Uh, listen, uh, Caelan Ponga, tell us a, a wee bit about his uh, concussion issue and when he's expected back uh, for the Knights. I think the Knights are, are, are very, very correctly uh, sort of taking this very, very slowly. I think they really want to make sure that Kalen's going to be back to 100% health and fitness and that it's, it's safe for him to return to the game whenever they do make that decision. And they're a little bit lucky in that aspect that they've sort of stumbled on, well, not stumbled on, but the fact that Lachlan Miller's playing such good footy at fullback, um, it, it sort of gives them the luxury to kind of take it a bit easy with with Ponga's return and given that they have done quite well without Ponga in the team while he's been over in Canada getting that that, that treatment it do, it does give them the luxury of being able to to really to really take it slow and really do it properly and, and really make sure that the time is right for, for Ponga to return. I would imagine that they'd be looking to get him back on the field in probably the next three to four weeks but I imagine the situation's really really fluid and what's true one day might not be true the next day. Um, I do know that the Knights are just taking this incredibly seriously and they're they really do have um, Kalen's long-term health in mind. So I would imagine that we're maybe a couple of weeks away, but as I said, that could change very quickly. Of, um, of interest to us is the level of interest that uh, Australian media are starting to look at the Warriors. And, you know, in previous years, uh, understandably, they haven't been rated too highly because they haven't played that well, um, but for a number of reasons. But uh, this year, are they attracting a bit more attention? I think so, definitely, and I, I think that win on that win on the weekend against Cronulla will has played a big part in that. You know, there's there's a lot of hype about Cronulla going into going into that match because Nico Hines had returned the week before, and he's the reigning M winner, and they look so good against the Dragons, and you know he's a bit of a pin-up boy over here these days. But then for the Warriors to sort of come in and to play that way and to climb off the canvas the way they did, coming back from 20 0 down and winning in such dramatic circumstances and quite under man too. You know, there was no two no Tohu Harris. There was no Tamari Martin. They were really up against it. They had every excuse to fall over and, and, and sort of, you know, get a big score put on them, like has happened a lot in the last couple of years. But, but they didn't do it, you know. And I was already, I was already expecting um, a good performance from the Warriors in that match because, as you said, I'm a bit of a Sean Johnson mark and I always want to see his teams do well. But um, even I didn't expect that they'd be able to come back to as, as, as strongly as they did. So I think people are really starting to stand up and take notice a little bit over here, you know, and I think after what the Warriors have been through over these last couple of seasons, I think it's really good for the game to to see them do so well and to see them sort of 
re-energised and, and, you know, up there throwing punches again. Nick, if I can, I'd like to run through uh, two or three other games uh, before we let you go. Uh, of course, the season, uh, the, the weekend starts off tonight uh, with the Storm against the Roosters. Uh, this is a really interesting matchup. H- how do you see this with the Storm at home? I feel like both the Storm and the Roosters have been building into the season quite nicely. They probably didn't get off to the start that they wanted to or the start that they expect with the really high standards they set at both clubs. But I feel like over the last couple of weeks, they've gotten much, much closer to their best footy. I thought the Storm played really, really tough against the Rabbitohs last week. They just sort of tackled their way to victory, which is something that they haven't sort of been able to do over the last couple of years. So it's good to see a return to that defensive intensity. And then, I don't know about you, Smithy, but I thought the Roosters looked really, really ominous against Parramatta. I thought they were really starting to get towards the sort of footy that we all thought we'd seen the preseason when every man and his dog was tipping them to to win the comp. So even though James Tedesco is out, I think I'm leaning the Roosters on this one. I just think they're a little bit more fully formed than the Storm right now. And Jared Warrior, Hargraves and Lindsay Collins are playing such great footy up front. I feel like they'll be able to control that middle third of the field and and, and put some points on out wide. But um, I'm, I'm, it's not a tip I'm making with a lot of confidence. I think we're getting another Storm Roosters classic, but I'm taking the tricolours, only just. Okay, um, uh, one of the other games I'd really be interested in to talk to you is about uh, is the, the Cowboys and the Dolphins. Now, uh, Cowboys are at home for this one. The Dolphins had an incredible start to the season, which had everyone talking. Uh, but then the bubble burst last week, uh, and the Dragons gave them a bit of a pasting. Has uh, it burst overall, or do you expect uh, Wayne Bennett has just uh, looked at this and thought, well, okay, that's an early hiccup. We knew they were going to come. Um, what's your view on this one? If there's one thing that we that we all should have learned from the first month of the competition, it's like never, ever write off Wayne Bennett. Don't ever do it. It'll just make you look silly in the long run. But I do think the bite of injuries and suspension are starting to sink into the Dolphins. And, you know, while they've done so well to get to get what they've gotten out of the squad that they do have, they just don't have the depth of a lot of other teams. So all of a sudden, when you lose Sean O'Sullivan and you lose his backup in Anthony Milford and you lose Felice Cafusi to suspension... All of a sudden, the team is, is, is just looking a, looking a little bit thin. It's looking a little bit skinny. And as good as Wayne Bennett is and as well as, as he's done over these first five weeks, like it, it, there is a point where it all just sort of catches up with you. So I'm not expecting the Dolphins to bottle bottom out completely or anything like that, but it, it, it might be a difficult few weeks for them until they, do, until they do get some troops back, you know? And I think the Cowboys will be really desperate to, to put on a good performance in this one. I thought they were pretty disappointing against the Bulldogs on um, on Sunday night and given that the struggles the Dolphins had in the middle of the field against the Dragons, I'm expecting the Cowboys to really go route, route, route one with this one. So Jason Tamalolo up the middle, up the guts all the time, you know, so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not confident in tipping the Cowboys because how can you be after the way they've been playing but I think they'll have too much for the Finns. Um, Nick, you mentioned before the Storm and the Roosters growing into the season and you're, you're quite liking what you were seeing there. Could you say the same thing about the, the playing through champions? The Panthers, very, very convincing last week, hosting the, the, uh, the Sea Eagles, of course, who had that classic last week, uh, you know, 32 all. Well, I thought last week was actually quite an important performance for the Panthers just because they really had to throw off the shackles and play some of the sharp attacking footy that we've come to see in the last couple of years. You know, before that win over the Raiders, they hadn't scored 20 points in a match all season, you know. So I think it was important to get that left side tick, uh, ticking over with Isaac Tongo and Sunia Taruva and getting the balance right between Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary and all that. And 
that to me looked like the sort of performance where the Panthers can throw the shackles off and, and, and get back to sort of that attacking machine that we've seen over the last couple of years. Conversely, Manly are a team that I find really difficult to, to get a read on. You know, that, to me, they almost play to the level of their opposition. If their opposition is playing free and open footy like the Knights were in Mudgee in that classic on the weekend, then that's what Manly will do. But if the, if the other team's playing tight, tough footy like Souths were when they beat Manly the week before, Manly just sort of follow their, their, their opponents in, you know? So... Josh Schusterback is a really big inclusion for Manly. I think he sort of changes their attacking dynamic a fair bit down that left side. But, you know, based on the last couple of years, Penrith at Penrith, that's as, you know, that's as good as a guarantee as there is in this league. So I think you've got to go to the Panthers in that one. OK. Uh, top of the table, Broncos hosting the Raiders. Uh, I'm, I mean, the way I'm looking at the Broncos at the moment, uh, I think this is a comfy, a comfy win. Uh, the Raiders battling. Yeah, it's, it's really difficult to see it going any other way. You know, this poor old Raiders fan really went through it last week when Penrith put 50 on them, and I think there's a fair chance that something like that happens again this week. You know, Brisbane are just playing with so much confidence and so much strike, and the way they're swinging the ball from sideline to sideline with Ezra Mam and Reese Walsh and Katoni Staggs, and, you know, everyone's just out there getting amongst it, and poor old Canberra, they couldn't have stopped the nosebleed in the second half last week, you know, and they've really struggled to, to score their own points over these... Over these uh, first five weeks there's still no Jack White and you know the, the Raiders haven't beaten the Broncos at Suncorp Stadium in 13 years you've got, you got to take Brisbane and you've got to take Brisbane by plenty in this one as much as it pains me to say well because you're a bit of an, an up the milk man aren't you oh I'm I'm all the way up the milk not a bit it's cut me open and I bleed <laughs> Canberra milk smithy <laughs> well, I'm sorry for you then if that's the case, but uh, you could be worse. <laughs> Most you people could, are. Most <laughs> people are. <laughs> it could be worse. You could be a West Tigers uh, fan at the moment, Nick. Now, they can't even get their jersey right this weekend. They've had to apologise about that. So I think it's worth taking a look at this because we've got a vested interest with Benji being part of this. They've got the Eels this weekend, which is going to be a challenge for them. Uh, they can't seem to buy a win. Uh, this, I mean, if you look at other sports, they'd be lowering, a lot of franchise bosses would be lowering the boom on, on uh, the coaching setup or whatever if you looked at other sports across the board. How much leeway are these guys going to get? Well, I, but I think it's impossible to know, Smithy, and that's kind of the, the corner that they've backed themselves into by announcing this plan where Tim Sheens will be the coach for this year and next year and then Benji takes over. You know, it, it's great to have long-term planning and to to think this is where we'll be at this point in the future. But it also kind of, it weighs you down. It makes it, 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 it takes away your, your flexibility, you know. Like, say this sort of form continues and the Tigers win the wooden spoon again this year, which, given the improvements they've made to their roster since last season, that absolutely shouldn't happen. Like, w- what do they do? Can, do, can, can they keep Tim, Tim Sheens around for another season? Do they rush Benji straight into the job for... For 2024, I, I, I don't know. And I think that's the biggest thing with the Tigers. You know, while they do have this long-term plan set out, it's almost difficult to see how they get there just because these first five weeks of the season has been so disastrous on and off the field. You know, it, 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 it feels to me like they are just sort of backed themselves into a corner, you know, and the, the, the only way out is to start winning games. But given that the way they've played and given that they've got Parramatta on Monday, it's just hard to see when that's actually going to happen. Okay. Um, Eddie Jones has um, made one big move on uh, Joseph Su'uli. Is uh, there any thought that Eddie Jones is looking very closely at other targets in the NRL? 
Well, since Eddie Jones got appointed to the wall of his job, he's been doing a lot of talking about the the rugby un- the rugby league players that he might try and get over to to the Wallabies setup. Um, and of course, Joseph Sully is kind of the big uh, the, the big known target that he has landed. There's been a little bit of talk about rugby being interested in South Sydney's Cameron Murray, but I do think that's quite unlikely. I think they'd have to. I think South Sydney will give him half a Redfern to try and keep him at the club. And so a move a move to rugby just seems a little bit. Unlikely. There was a, a little bit of talk earlier this week that they were talking about going after Nathan Cleary and Matt Burton, and again, that just seems—it just seems unlikely to me. You know, it, it seems to me that they're trying to kind of keep the game relevant over here by saying that they can go after all these players, but unless they have like a, a quite a recent rugby union background, I just don't think it's that—it's uh, that likely. There was an interesting one earlier this week, though. So Wunga Blake, the the big Fijian centre from from Parramatta, who's had a bit of a tough start to the season. Apparently, his management rang the ARU and said, you know, our services are on offer if you'd like them, you know. So maybe maybe that's the way. Maybe by opening up that uh, that conduit between the two sports, it makes it more attractive for more of those mid-tier players to, to, to come across and maybe improve in rugby. But as it stands, I think Joseph Suoliti will be the only big name to, to switch to rugby this season. Yeah, the Warriors get, um, of course, uh, just finishing on the Warriors uh, as we started, uh, Tohu Harris back um, and uh, Tamari Martin, they get back as well. Uh, can they double up on uh, the Knights having beaten them in the first round? I think they can. I think they can. I think the, the inclusion of Tohu Harris will be really, really important. To me, he's been the best forward in the entire league this season other than Brisbane's Payne Haas. I think the, the combination of yardage running and really sharp passing that Harris provides in the middle of the field is, is pretty close to unmatched unless you're looking at someone like Penrith's Isaiah. So as long as he's playing, and I think he's still battling that knee injury a little bit, I think it's kind of. I think he's going to have to pass a late fitness test. But if he's there, I'll tip the Warriors with a great with a great deal of confidence. If he's not there, I would still take the Warriors. But I would just be wary that you know last week was such an emotional high for them. You could see the reaction of the players after the game, how much it meant to them to sort of secure that win, and and that's a that's a difficult thing to to back up two weeks in a row for for any team, let alone a team that is still sort of, you know, getting used to playing hard every week like the Warriors are. Um, but Tamari Martin's inclusion is another big tick for them. I really like his and Sean Johnson's combination. I feel like they they complement each other quite well and they're, they're learning how to work together quite well. So even though the, the, the Knights played well last week in that draw with Manly and they've showed a capacity to put on some, some, uh, some pretty dazzling points in the last couple of weeks, I'm not going to turn my back on Sean Johnson now, am I, Smithy? So I'm taking the Warriors in this one. Well, you started with Sean, you finished with Sean. You are consistent. I'll give you that, mate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, terrific to uh, to chat for, uh, and get a preview of uh, how you see it uh, panning out this weekend. Uh, Nick, uh, have a terrific uh, long weekend and um, enjoy the league, eh? Fantastic. I, I will, mate. Have a good one. Thanks for having me.